Alright, well this is different. I'm not used to transitioning up here, I'm used to transitioning down there. Um, but I am, I'm the man of many hats today. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, well, uh, I think everyone knows who I am, but just in case you don't, my name is Matthew. I am the student pastor here. And uh, as you might have heard last week, the rumors are true. Um, my last Sunday will be July 2nd. My wife got a better job opportunity closer to family, and and that's something we couldn't pass up because our, our family is getting older and they're driving five to six hours to come see their grandkids. So so that was a hard decision for me because it doesn't affect me. If anything, I'm, I'm losing a job. So but um, but so if you know anyone hiring in the New Caney area, just let me know. But. But it's a better opportunity for her. We get to keep her insurance, and it's great stuff. And we get to be near family, so good stuff. Um, but yes, my name is Matthew, if you don't know who I am. And uh, if you, this is your first time being here, welcome to First Baptist, live hand. Uh, this morning, I'm going to be talking about um, functioning as one body. Functioning not just as somebody, but one body. Huh? Um, and we'll, we'll be walking through Romans chapter 12, uh, 1 through 8 today, looking at the importance of living and walking together in community. Uh, you know, when I first got here, uh, which was in 2020 amongst the COVID epidemic, right? Um, man, I gotta say, uh, y'all y'all were really supportive, and that was a very interesting way to get into the ministry here. Uh, I, I met the youth group for the first time on, on Zoom, face to face, like not even in person, but on Zoom, and, and we had a couple weeks like that. But but when COVID hit, man, it was it was a very rare opportunity for me to find a position here, and y'all welcomed our family as as warm as ever. And and then whenever we got COVID last January, January I don't remember when it was. This is a couple. Uh, months ago, when we got COVID, our family, even though they're five or six hours away, they were supporting us. They were, they, uh, my in-laws came and and they took care of the kids while Emily and I had COVID. And then we had friends from Montgomery, the Montgomery area, send us like goodie baskets with like cheeses. We couldn't taste anything. It was driving me crazy. Um, but but they were helping me out. They're they they were supporting us. And that's kind of what I'm talking about today is, is one body helping each other out, being in community uh, in unity with each other. How many of you have ever seen, and I'm going to get a little bit nerdy here. No, it's not Star Wars, Kevin. Um, how many of you have ever seen the Lord of the Rings movie? Yeah, 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 all right. So if you don't know what the Lord of the Rings is, it, it, it's a pretty old trilogy of books. They had The Hobbit as well. Um, these movies are classics when it comes to adventure movies. Uh, if you haven't seen them, just to sum it up real fast, the goal of these movies is to destroy this one all-powerful ring. It's, it's, it's just like a ring. Um, and if in the wrong hands, it can mean some pretty, pretty bad stuff. The first movie, which is labeled The Fellowship of the Ring, shows us this group of very different figures coming together to help each other get to Mount Doom to destroy the ring in this lava. Like, this is the only place they can destroy this ring, is in Mount Doom in this lava. 
It's the only place. And so throughout the first movie, we see this uh, fellowship, as they call it, come together. And one of them uh, is really good at a sword. One of them is really good at a bow and arrow. Uh, one of them is really good at an axe. And this is a man, an elf, and a dwarf. It's really nerdy, guys. Um, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, the, but they use their talents. They come together, using it for this one goal to destroy this ring. Spoiler alert, by the end of the first movie, their fellowship has been, has been split up. It has been split up. However, they continue to help each other throughout this journey. Even though they're not right next to each other, they're still helping each other throughout this journey to get this ring to Mordor, to Mount Doom, to destroy it. Uh, see, without this fellowship, though, without this community, they would have never been able to destroy the ring. They needed each other. So again, I want to talk to you about why it's important to be in community with each other and why us having different gifts helps the body of Christ function successfully. Community is such a big part of this world these days. It's everywhere you look, honestly. Uh, even in video games, even in video games, most youth tend to get games where you can be in a community online together. You make, some people make friends online in video games, uh, but, but they get games where they can be in, community, in a community with each other. They want to play with friends or make friends. We see the world's attempt of community with Facebook or Instagram, which these things can really be used to help stay in contact with people, to, to form a community. Unfortunately, the world typically offers communities to us that are not biblical. We see, these, we see these communities that support abortion, homosexuality. These are communities that the world tends to try to get you to be a part of. Speaking of community. Um, Christians too need community. We need a community where we can lean on each other. Go through life together. Pray for each other. We need a community to help get through this life as Christians. We have, we have a community, the family of God. Together we make up the body of Christ. And, purpose, and the purpose of the body of Christ is to come together and effectively reach everyone in the world with the gospel of Jesus. It's important, it's important for us to know that community is crucial to the Christian faith. It provides support, again, prayer for each other. So we can lean on each other when, when times get difficult. A Christian without community cannot proper func uh, properly function. God did not create us to be alone. In fact, Scripture talks numerous of times about the importance of a good friend. We're not supposed to go through life alone. God created Eve for Adam because he said it's not good for man to be alone. While everyone is called in, well, not everyone is called into marriage. Nobody is called to be alone. We were created in the image of God. This means that we have the characteristics of God. God loves, has relationship, loves relationships and fellowship. He desires all of us to have a relationship with him and for us to fellowship with him through prayer and reading of his word. We were created in his image. We were created to fellowship and not be alone. However, on the other hand, the body of Christ, which is the collective of Christian of the Christian community working together, cannot function properly either 
when Christians have a hard time working together. They cannot, they, you know, we cannot function properly if we're having a hard time getting along, working together. We, we, we have to work together to, to function properly. God has blessed each of us with unique gifts. Gifts that God wants us to use for his glory. This is your gift to practice, to master, to develop. To develop the way God wants you to for him. N.T. Wright is a biblical scholar. He says this, he says this, God gives different people different gifts that are needed for the work of the gospel to flourish. What N.T. Wright is saying is that no matter what gift you are given, if we all work together, the message of Jesus will spread like fire. People's eyes will be open to who Jesus is and what he has done for them. Our passage is Romans uh, 12, 1 through 8. We're going to read that real fast. If I could turn there, at the right place. There we go. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, all the parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to proportion to one's faith. If, so, I'm sorry, to one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If in exhorting, in exhortation. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. Paul has been unfolding the gospel of Jesus in his letter to Rome here. He has shown them how we are all condemned by sin, how Jesus is the only solution we are saved by faith through grace alone. He talked about how God loves us and how God looks at us, and now we get to chapter 12 in this book, and begins. he begins, therefore, the very first word in, in verse 1 is therefore. See, Paul knows is now saying, because we have learned all that, now let's apply this to our lives. Now that we've learned about who Jesus is, what Christ has done for our lives, let's apply this to our lives. Therefore, therefore, these first two verses in chapters 12 show us the first step in being in the body of Christ, to being in unity with other believers. Again, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and, per and the perfect will of God. We have set our lives apart. We have to set our lives apart for Jesus, being a holy sacrifice, 
means setting our lives apart for Jesus. This means to separate ourselves from our old sinful lives, we have to set our lives apart to serve God, to pursue Him amongst other believers. Renewing our minds equals to we have to set them on the will of God, not our own. Which is done by the Holy Spirit when He comes into when we come into relationship with Jesus. He guides us. Oftentimes we get scared to let go uh, of our own will. We, we like to think we know what's best for us. We like to hold on to that. We don't like anyone else guiding us. I mean, have anyone, has anyone ever played the game where someone's blindfolded and someone's like leading them across the room and you're trying, like, you're, if you're the one blindfolded, you're like, please don't let me fall. Um, please don't let this guy be a jerk. <laughs> you know? um, we don't like people leading us sometimes. We don't like, we like to be in control of things. It's terrifying. We want control where we go. We want to be guiding our own lives. We want to know that our comfort zone is still intact. As most of you know, and I've said this before, I'm not a fan of roller coasters. I do it sometimes for my wife because I love her. Um, but I have ridden them, again, especially for my wife. I'm terrified because I'm the guy who likes to be in control. I like to direct where my car is going, you know, and. When I'm in a roller coaster, I have no control. It's, it's, you know, please don't let me fall off this track. Don't let me fall out of this cart. Um, does this track end? You know, like, I just want to get off as soon as possible, um, basically. <laughs> I don't like roller coasters. <laughs> um, you know, and when you go up the hill and you're make, about to make that big drop, I just want to close my eyes, or, or my wife saw that one time. You know, ducking in, you know. I've learned though, I've grown and matured since then. Uh, if you keep your eyes open during the fall, it's a lot better. Um, no one told me that. Anyway, anyway, so so we when the scary part comes, you know, we, we want we want to close our eyes, we, we want to be in control, we, we want to back up, uh, we don't want to go through the loop, you know. We have to trust the engineers who created the roller coasters. We have to trust God when it comes to life. He knows what's best for us. He's in control. And, and once we open our eyes and realize, you know, where we're going, that, that scary drop sometimes isn't that scary. Um, when we commit to God, we have to trust him to guide us where he needs us. We have to let him take control of our lives. It might seem scary, we might want to take back the steering wheel at times, but we have to put our faith in Him and believe He knows what's best for us and know that He loves us. Matthew 6 talks about how we are God's favorite creation. He created the grass, He created everything else that we see. He created the animals, He takes care of all of them. He takes care of the grass, the trees, He takes care of everything. But we're His most prized creation. So why would He not take more care of us? In Matthew 6, it says, if we seek first God, all these things will be provided. When we set our lives apart and set our minds to the will of God, it's easier to, to not only love others as Christ does and commands us to, but it's easier to work with other Christians with the gifts we are given. Um, 
Barry's gift is music, but, you know, and, and, and he has this gift where he has a relationship with Jesus and, and the music, and it's authentic. He doesn't come up to me, he's like, or, or Troy, and he goes, you know, Matt, why can't I be the nursery worker, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm, you got to be up here, dude. Um, he doesn't do that because he knows where his gift is. Um, he uses it to worship God. I know that our nursery worker hasn't come up to Troy, or not that I know of anyway, and complained that she isn't the worship leader, you know, because they know where their gift is, and they worship God with their gift, which is the children. Uh, now, I'm not saying Barry couldn't be a nursery worker, and I'm not saying that our nursery worker workers couldn't lead worship. I said that right, okay. Uh, it sounded backwards in my head. Um, they might... You know, they might have a great voice. But, but God has called certain people to do certain things for his kingdom. Everyone who leaves to go to do ministry work for the rest uh, of his life is not the same guy who to do local work in his community or local or at a, at a local church. Each of us have a different gift. When we set our lives apart for Jesus, when our minds are set to the mind of Jesus, we have taken the first step in being in the community of God, the body of Christ. In verse 3, Paul reminds us that we are not to think of ourselves higher than others, than everyone else. Paul says to think sensibly. Paul says to think sensibly, meaning we should remember to go about our gifts with humility, not be prideful about it. Our gifts are not given are given to us by God, and everyone else, and everyone should use them for the collective purpose of the gospel of Jesus. If I can read my notes. Oftentimes, people will look at what they do really well and get a big head out of it. Big head out of it. This only makes others feel like they are less worthy to please God with their gifts. This hurts the body of Christ. Paul is saying that no one is bigger than the other. We all work together to function as one body of Christ. We need each other. If all we do is tear down each other, we are making no progress. The person who cleans the church is just as important as the one who preaches it on Sunday. God has called each of us to embrace the gifts he has given to glorify his name. My daughter, bless her, um, she likes to think that she's the center of the world sometimes. And, and for a while, me and my wife probably did not help with that. And while, while so far she does seem, she does seem really to love her brother, they, and they, as they get older, that might not work as well. <laughs> they're, they're close to sharing birthdays. Uh, Noah is June 7th. Hers is June 20th. Uh, I'm sure at some point they will annoy each other. She will, she will learn that uh, she is indeed not the center of the world. Although right now she's at her, her grandmother's and... Yeah. Um, <laughs> day of reckoning is coming. <sighs> she's coming. <laughs> uh, anyway... Um, you know, she's, she, she just got done with pre-K, and she's about to start kindergarten, uh, really, uh, this next year. 
and she has begun to realize that she has to work with others to succeed in life. Um, you know, in pre-K, they, they tell you, in school in general, they tell you to get in groups and work in, 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 on projects and groups, and obviously she's in pre-K, so her project might be like gluing a face to a plate or something, I don't know. But, but you know, they have to work together, they have to learn to get along with each, with each other, they have to function as one class, or else the whole class gets in trouble, right? So she's learning that she needs people, she needs to work together with people in life to succeed. In Muhammad Ali's heyday, as the heavyweight champion in boxing, he had taken his seat on the 747, which was starting to taxi down the runway to take off. The flight attendant walked by and noticed Ali did not have a seatbelt on. She said, please, fasten your seatbelt, sir. He looked up proudly and snapped, Superman don't need no seatbelt. Without hesitation, she stared at him and said, Superman don't need no plane. <laughs> we like to think we're the center of the world, that our contribution alone is what makes or breaks something. But Paul is saying that it's the collective of the church, the Christian people that come together with their gifts, is what makes the body of Christ work. In verses 4 through 8, read that again to remind y'all. In a minute. Um, it says this, Now as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts, if prophecy use it according to the proportion of one's faith, if service use it in service, if teaching in teaching, if exhorting in exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy and cheerfulness. Here's the key, as it says in verse 5, in Christ. Is that this? Oh, it's that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is what happens when the youth pastor preaches. Um, so again, here's the key. In verse 5 it says, in Christ. While we have one body with different members, which all members have different functions, different gifts, in Christ, one becomes, or many become one body. We work together. Our focus as members of the body of Christ is to be in Him. Sometimes we let worry fill our minds. We let other things distract us. We let fear get in the way of us living for God. Maybe it's financial issues that keep us from focusing on God. Maybe it's sickness that causes fear in us. Again, Matthew 6.33, coming back to it, says Jesus tells us that if we seek God first, again, I've already said this, but I'm going to say it again. If we seek God first, He will provide. He knows what we need. James 1.2-4 tells us to find joy in trials, knowing that the testing of our faith helps produce endurance. See, when worry and fear, when worry and fear get in our way, we lose those things. We lose those things that they make us, they become our focus. We're not seeing, we're not seeking God first. We're not pursuing Him. When we do not seek Him first, especially in those difficult times, endurance, I'm sorry, when we do seek Him in those hard times, our endurance, our endurance is produced. 
This means just like any athlete who trains to be good at football, basketball, baseball, or any sport, when we practice and train to have our focus on God daily and through those hard times, our faith gets stronger and we can more easily focus on God. And if we as a collective body of Christ work together and focus on God, we are more willing to help each other when we need help. Not only that, but we love each other. God is always faithful to us, so let us be faithful to him in support of each other and as the body of Christ. As always, Jesus is the head of the body. No one's the head except for Jesus. He is in control. We listen to him. When we are focused on Jesus, we are not focused on ourselves. When we are focused on Jesus, we are not focused on ourselves. And when we're not focused on ourselves, it's much easier to be in Christ. Too many people, too many times people want to focus on themselves when it comes to doing something they know they do well. Many people post on YouTube, if you've heard of YouTube, I'm sure you have, uh, their gifts, um, hoping to get famous, are on, on that very popular app, TikTok. Uh, Carter knows what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know, he, he might not. But <laughs> they want to be seen for what they do. It's all about them. That's exactly how the Pharisees were in Jesus' day. They were religious leaders who wanted to be seen as righteous, as holy. They wanted others to see them and think, man, I wish I loved God as much as they did. The ironic thing was that they only loved themselves. It was all about them, making them look good. When we only focus on Christ, then we see our gifts are not for our gain, but for others to gain the gospel, to gain Jesus. We then learn to come together and have a single focus on furthering the message of salvation that only Jesus has to offer. Paul is clear that we need to use the gifts God has given to us faithfully, not to be lazy with them. For a church to grow and function, sorry, I got hair on there. For a church to grow and function, it takes the body of Christ to work together. And while at, at this point, with some other churches, pe some people might be doing multiple jobs, wearing multiple hats, the goal is that you will have someone dedicated to each role to help the body function smoother, pr more properly. In order for things to come together, in order for a church to thrive, we must, all of us, embrace our gifts and come together while being faithful to God where we need to be. That means, don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger here, because I, I, I get it. But that means not just coming to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, but being a part of the church on Sundays and Wednesdays. That means if you have an ability to teach, sign up to teach somewhere. If you have the ability to, to build relationships with people, to, to help them uh, engage better, do it. Get into a class. Get into the youth ministry. I hear there's a, they need help. Um, go where your gifts are. Don't be lazy with them. I, I get it. I, 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 I get it. <laughs> but God is calling all of us to serve him, to come together as the body of Christ. Where are your gifts? And I know many of you have embraced those gifts. That's awesome to see. 
but, but where, where are your gifts? If, if you're not using your gift right now, think about where you could use it at. To help the body of Christ. Let me emphasize one last time, the first step of becoming a member in God's community, it starts with having a relationship with Christ. So that means knowing that Jesus, or God came down in human form as Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we can have eternal life. He rose again defeating death so that we can have eternal life through him and we can live forever with him when we leave this earth and we have this relationship with him. And that's the first step of being in the body of Christ. You have to surrender to Christ first. Maybe your gift is teaching. Maybe you love to clean. Man, uh, you can use your hat to help packing if that's the case. Um, maybe your gift is packing. <laughs> uh, maybe your gift is encouragement. We all have a gift given to us by the Lord. The question I want to leave you with this morning is this. What will you do with your gift? What will you do with your gift? As we draw to a close, let me encourage you to, again, not waste it. Not waste the gift. Don't be lazy with it. Pray about what God is calling you to do with your gift. Use your gift for the church. Use it to uh, share Jesus with others and invite them to church. Most importantly, whatever you do, honor God with your gift. Make it about Him, not you. As, as Barry comes up to, to lead us in our invitation, uh, if there's someone here who has never accepted Christ and would like to, as I always tell my youth, this is the most important decision you'll ever have to make in your life. It's not where you're going to work. It's not where you go to school, who you're going to marry. Having a relationship with Jesus, following Jesus or not, is the most important decision you can ever make. Because that carries on after we leave this earth. God, God loves you. He wants you to be a part of the body of Christ. He died for you. He rose again for you. He could have just left us and been like, eh, I'll, whatever, I'll start over again. He could have done that. He doesn't need us, but he loves us. He wants us to have a relationship with him. So if you've never had a relationship with Jesus and you want to start that today, I would love to pray with you, talk to you about that. Uh, if you'd like to join our church, I don't really know how to do that, but we'll figure it out. Um, or if you just want me to pray with you, I'd love to pray with you. Let's go ahead, let's go ahead and pray and do our invitation. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, again, letting us be here this morning and worshiping you and learn about you.